0: The following program is brought to you by blood, sweat, tears, and listeners like you. To support this show and all of the shows within Twib Nation, consider becoming a subscriber of our pay service, The Twibularity, at twib.me forward slash subscribe. That's twib.me forward slash subscribe. Or you can give a one-time donation at donate.twib.me. That's donate.twib.me. We've all learned how important media is and who tells our stories. Help us be the media that you want to hear and that the media is afraid to hear. It's kind of hard to listen to yourself become irrelevant.
1: You are now listening to TWIP FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally, I'm finally me.
2: Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Thank you guys for tuning in on this special night, Thursday night. We usually air on Sundays, but tonight's a very special night because we have an amazing guest, an amazing <laughs> guest, um, the one, the only, the queen of animation, Cree Summer, is on our podcast tonight. So if you're listening in live, make sure you use the BGN podcast hashtag that puts you into the feed with other live listeners. That way you can add your comments or you can ask Cree any questions. Uh, We also have a studio number. It's 718-404-9320. Again, it's 718-404-9320. That's the TWIB line. And uh, if you're in the TWIB chat room, you can utilize that platform to also listen in live and to speak with other TWIB users. Uh, Our co-hosts tonight are LaTanya and Connie. And I will pass the virtual mic over to them in just a moment. And then we also have a special guest with us, G.B. Hajim, who is the director of HawaiiCon and also directed a film with Chris Summer. So we're going to talk to him in a little bit, too. So before we get to our guests, I want to make just a couple of announcements. Uh, congratulations to the winners of the Penny Dreadful contest. Uh, we ran a contest this week and winners were announced. You have been notified. Packages are in the mail. So congrats to all of you guys who participated in the Dim Dreads giveaway here on BGN. And you can check out blog ads as well. It's an advertising platform that we use. It's on the right sidebar of the website. This platform allows you, the content creator, to um, actually, we would help you find an audience. So uh, if you go to that link, buy a blog ad, purchase some ad space, and we can help you find your audience there. And you can support us in a couple of other ways. We always would love to get your financial support via donations. So the PayPal button on the website, Donate, click there to provide any sort of gifts to BGN and we have merchandise on Zazzle so if you go to zazzle.com forward slash blurredgasm there's tons of merchandise there's t-shirts and mugs so the next convention you plan to go to and you want to wear your BGN swag um, check it out through the blurredgasm site and thank you to all of you that have supported us um, already um, throughout the years. so thank you for that. So, I am going to pass the virtual mic over. We will start with Connie first, and then LaTanya, just go ahead and introduce yourselves. Let us know what you're working on currently and your social media shout-outs.
3: All right. Hey, guys. I'm Connie. I am very excited to be on this podcast. I love all things TV, so um, this is a very special uh, podcast for me to be on today. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ConStar24. Where I sometimes live tweet stuff and I do recaps of stuff like Arrow and iZombie, so that's sort of what I'm what I'm doing right now. I'm just so excited to be here.
1: (laughs) Hey guys, I'm Latanya. Um, I am the owner of SprinklesandBooze.com. I am a blogger, a stylist, a unicorn. Um, (laughs) I make things pretty, and right now I'm currently battling allergies,
0: Mm. and
1: it's a pain but I still look fabulous and that's all that matters and (laughs) yeah so that's
2: it awesome well thank you so much for introducing yourselves and I will get to our guests so Kreese Summer is best known for her role as college student Winifred Freddie Brooks on the NBC sitcom A Different World as a voice actress, Summer has provided the voices for Penny and Inspector Gadget during season one, Elmira Duff in Tiny Toon Adventures, Susie Carmichael on Rugrats and All Grown Up, Princess Keita in Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Valerie Gray and Danny Phantom, Foxy Love and Drawn Together, Number Five in Codename, Kids Next Door, Magma and X-Men Legends, Yvonne and Gordon and Ms. Munger's class, and also um Olo, the Oh, the prolone and uh Clifford the red big red dog. I think I read that wrong, but She's been in a lot.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was like Olo. I mean, I've done a lot of drugs in my time, but I do not remember. I I did. I was um, Cleo, the Cleo for
1: the big red dog.
4: Yes. Hi, ladies. Hey, hey. (laughs) And
2: and I don't want to finish this off. Uh, Cree Summer has voiced over one hundred animated characters between 1983 and 2006. And these had spanned into video games, cartoon, TV series, animated films, and commercials. In 1999, Summer released her solo album, Street Fairy, produced by and featuring guest artist and friend, Lenny Kravitz. Cree Summer is happily married with two daughters. Thank you for coming on the show, Cree.
4: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm with my tribe, Black Girl Nerds.
2: Yes. yes. Oh wow, that that's so comforting to hear you say that. Um and you know, you have the perfect voice for animation, which obviously has given you such a successful career. Did you choose voice acting or did voice acting choose you?
4: Oh, I did not choose voice acting. My father, Don Franks, I am, uh, well, I should probably preface that by saying I grew up in uh, Saskatchewan and then Toronto, Canada. I'm a proud Canadian. And my father, Don Franks, was was and still is a very big voiceover man there, and he was auditioning for Inspector Gadget. I was hanging out with him, and he suggested, why don't they let me audition? And I got the job, and it just led to more and more work. So it was pure nepotism in the beginning, and uh, I honestly just... so lucky to be in the right place at the right time. I don't even know if I thought I was very good back then. I didn't really get the hit that I wanted to be good until I joined the cast of Tiny Toons. I I was probably about 17 years old. And that was the first time as an adult I claimed, you know, that I wanted to be a voiceover actress. I was sitting beside... So many incredibly talented people that my mind was blown and I was just like, man, I want to be good at
2: this, you know,
4: (laughs) and it changed everything. (laughs) It changed everything for me.
2: We um, are here at BGN. We're conducting live tweets every Saturday at 10 a.m. And we're doing A Different World. We're starting at season one um, that recently dropped on Netflix. So it was a big deal for us here. Um, And I understand Debbie Allen wants to bring the show back. So do you know? Yes, she does. Yeah, what's going on with that? Any updates? You can. You tell? know, I
4: think it's just very complicated to bring something back. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of red tape. It's never as easy as just bringing a show back. <laughs> but you know, if anybody's got the tenacity and temerity, it's Debbie Debbie Allen. She is, um, God, what a shero of mine! And uh I think she can get it done. I hope she can get it done. I know the fans want to see it again. It's such yes. a beautiful show, and it was so, it you know, poignant and uh just changed so many lives and i think it would be really an important gift to have for young people right now that show
3: mm-hmm. oh yes indeed definitely so Connie? in your yeah in your voiceover work is there well maybe just in real life too in your regular life is there a favorite voice that you that's automatically your go to when you're choosing a new character uh that you come across is there something that you automatically go to first and then sort of hone it from there or how what is your process
4: well, that's a good question. You know, when you're auditioning for a cartoon, you see a picture of the cartoon, mm-hmm. and I always get informed what the voice is going to be by what they look like. I'll never forget when I was auditioning for Tiny Toons. I saw this little girl, and I thought, God, this funny-looking thing. You know, <laughs> she she looked kind of like Elmer Fudd in a in a skirt. And then I, you know, my eyes went. You know, she had she had those crazy she had crazy eyes. You know, mm. and so. And then I looked up, and she had that little gerbil skull in the center of her bow, and I thought, this chick is batshit nuts. And then I just started, you know, trying this little
0: voice that was, you know, kind of crazy and this silly, and let's play funeral, puppy, you know. And I just kind of
4: made her just the most maniacal thing with the, you know, she really doesn't believe she's hurting these animals. To her, she just... You know, literally loving them to death.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh,
4: so, so to answer your question, I know I can run off at the mouth, but to answer Please your question, <laughs> the voice is always in, my voice is always informed by the, by the picture. Whatever the picture looks like, it gives me an idea and I take it from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Either
4: I'm right and I get the gig or I'm way off.
3: And somebody else does it. <laughs> wow. And then since you do play all of these, um, sort of iconic characters, especially from, my, my childhood in particular, when you go to yes. conventions like Hawaii Con or anything else, do you see characters who are dressed like the characters you've played? And is that like weird for you at all? Oh, I love it. It is so
4: bizarre. You know, you're, I, I I love it. I mean, you know, you see a bunch of Kidas. Every yeah. now and then I see a Susie. Susie always looks a little sideways when someone does a Susie. <laughs> I mean, don't no, no offense all the, all the cosplay Susies out there. I kind of like it because, you know, all the Rugrats had those crazy eyes anyway, so they I really guess it's did. appropriate. <laughs> yeah, they really looked kind of crazy anyway. Um, I see a lot of Susies, a lot of key, Ki- a lot of Kidas. When I was at, uh, hawaii con last year there was some kidas and i love seeing them i mean that character is so beautiful so i I like it i think it's you know it's
1: flattering it my turn (laughs) it is jump in oh okay so um how do you feel your ethnicity intersects with your work as a voice actress versus your live action work
4: well, you know, as the, in live action, I'm the white girl's best friend. And, you know, I, I, voiceover, I can be the white girl. You know, I can be the white boy. I can be an inanimate object. I can be anything. And that kind of freedom, it, it, it's just so inspiring. You know, I love mm-hmm. it. I, I love that it's not dependent on what I look like or how big my ass is or mm. if I'm still pretty or you know or, or it, i love that it's also not dependent on if you're popular mm-hmm. that's the that's just the magic of this you know sweet little sacred genre of voiceover you just have to be good
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that's awesome um yeah. what was it like working with um don adams cuz he's kind of like a legend so it like? is a
4: legend. You know, I, to tell you the truth, I remember so little, I was so young. Mm-hmm. I think my priority was just to hit it and quit it. And I couldn't wait to cash the <laughs> check and get a bike.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
4: you know, I don't really know if at that, ele- you know, at, at 11, if I had the reverence that was appropriate for Don Adams, mm-hmm. it was just a, a guy in the room, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Did you he have know lots in retrospect, I think, you know, in retrospect, I think, you know, what a great experience, but you know, at 11, you don't really give a shit, you know. Yeah, I feel like he would have had
1: a lot of jokes for
2: some reason.
4: I think if he did, I, I don't know if I got him at the time, you know. So.
2: I'm going to take it to Twitter. We've got a question from Captain Kirkisha. She wants to know. <laughs> Kirkisha, go on. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love these Twitter it's handles, great. yes. Um, she handle. Uh she, she says Miss Summer what is the hardest accent or voice you've ever tackled?
1: Mm.
4: Ouch. You know what's hard is when you do these um, fictitious accents. When you, I was on a show called Ewoks and Droids way back when uh, for George Lucas, early, early in the 80s, and I played Princess Nisa of the Ewoks, and I had to speak Ewokian, and that was hard <laughs> as hell because, you know, listen, it's taken very seriously. The creators, you know, they have a Bible, and they have, you mm-hmm. know, pronunciation that has to be exact. You know, the same for uh, Kida when I had to speak Atlantean. You know, it's very specific. And, uh, I mean, it's it's almost easier to do a Russian or a Jamaican or something that, you know, at least you've heard before. You got a point of reference, (laughs) you know. So, but I still, I love alien voices. It's just fun. It's the kind of job that's not self-conscious. You have to be willing to just be completely silly. You don't have an opportunity to be cute or put together. It's really about spontaneity and freedom. And I I love that.
2: And then another question on Twitter, this is from Tanya Penn. She wants to know who have your favorite characters been to voice?
4: Oh, well, you know, I love the foxy. And and everybody <laughs> seems to love the foxy too.
2: Um <laughs> I don't know
4: what. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I do know, but, you know, that's between me and getting my rent paid. Um, mm. But I love, fuck, love. Um, let's see. Who else do I love? I uh, always love Susie from the Rugrats because she put everybody yeah. in their place. Oh, yeah. Uh, um you know I love number 5 from Kids Next Door <laughs> you know it's just something. she also was such a strong cool character and you know what I really love um I'll always be endeared to Penny from Inspector Gadget cuz she started this whole lovely journey for me I really love Max from Batman Beyond Oh, was yeah. such a cool character, yeah. you know, to integrate this, you know, young African-American, you know, teenage chick into the Batman series and have her be so pivotal. I, I just love that. And, uh, you know, who else do I love? Kida, of course, because you're part of a Disney film and, mm-hmm. you know. What girl doesn't want to be a, a Disney princess? Although I, Kida is not formally acknowledged as a princess.
1: It's
3: really, really? that she's not. That's it's bullshit. really true she's that she's, a she's not. She's a I bullshit. didn't
1: know that yeah. she wasn't. I always considered her a princess. Yeah. She's not a part That's of the official that, canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: she's not officially counted.
4: That's right. That's right, unfortunately.
2: Um, I'm going to bring in GB Hajim. He's the director of Hawaii Con. Um Thank you for coming on as well. Tell us thank a bit welcome. about, yeah, thank you. Tell us a little bit about HawaiiCon, and um, Cree is also a participant in that. Um, tell us what, when is the uh, event, how long does it run for, and what kind of uh, things that you have going on there?
0: Uh, it runs from September 10th through the 13th, and it's at the beautiful Hapuna Beach Prince Hotel. It's right on a gorgeous stretch of sand. And, uh, what kind of stuff do we have there? I mean, we have what regular cons have, but it's much more intimate. Um, we cap the con around a thousand people so that you really can like hang out with Cree and hang out with all these awesome people. And so we have the regular panels and we also have things like the voice acting workshops and other kind of acting workshops, cosplay workshops. But the thing that we do that's really special is. We have, uh, adventure tours. And, uh, this year we're going back to, uh, night diving with the manta rays. Last year we had, uh, Esme wow. Bianco from Game of Thrones and Patricia Tallman, uh, both go scuba diving with the manta rays with a bunch of fans. And, wow. uh, we also have morning snorkel trips, uh, and, uh, we have ziplining. And... This is adventurous. Yeah, it's, it's adventurous. Jeez. It's like, so you can have a real, Science fiction adventure with your favorite celebrity. And, uh, and also that for people that aren't quite adventurous, we have things like hula lessons and other things like that, like right on the beach or right, you know, right near the beach. And it's just, a, it's a really different kind of thing. Cause, you know, the, there are the big, uh, awesome conventions like Dragon Con, uh, but we wanted to be something really different, something that, you know, that is more ohana, family you know and yeah. that's what that's what we're trying to maintain and and uh everybody had such a great time uh all the celebrities from last year begged us to come back uh wow. but you know Cree and I have got things going so I had <laughs>
4: You know, I think, you know, the the thing about Hawaii Khan that makes it so magic is Ohana. He is exactly right. It is so intimate. And Hawaii is so magic. And where where you stay is so magic. And it's true, you know, I'll just be walking to go get something to eat in the hotel with my babies. And then there's all, you know, everybody just hanging out. You see a couple of fairies hanging out on the beach, you know, on their cell phones. (laughs) You know, you'll see some storm troopers walking down the beach. And it is so freaky and so magic at the same time. but i think what really makes hawaii con special is just like gb said it's the size and the location and just the vibe i've done a lot of cons but i don't always go running back on purpose and i can wait to get my i can't wait to get my family back to hawaii con and that is the truth it's beautiful wow nice I,
2: i really want to go when is um hawaii con by
0: the way uh september 10th the 13th so it's it's about four days and uh and always stay longer it's a beautiful island and it's a big island a lot of people when they come to the con they have all these plans to go sightseeing but they just can't leave the con because it's <laughs> 12 <laughs> hours 14 hours of solid awesome and so and then afterwards after hours, hours so. of
4: solid awesome that should be the lead line
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nice. So. Well, um, Cree, do you have a preference for live action performances over voiceover animated performances? And is there one that's more challenging than the other?
4: You know, I think they're both challenging. Of course, it's harder to, well, I don't know. I can't add that's not true. I was going to say it's harder to walk and talk, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> I think they both have their, their own set of challenges. You know, for me, I've really found myself doing so much more animation. It allows me to continue to make music. It allows me the freedom to have, you know, two new beautiful babies. And, uh, I don't get that same kind of freedom on camera. And, uh, I think my love really has always been, uh, well, music and then voiceover and then probably live action. Um, but, You know, I I would always go back to television or film if it was something that was very special that I just couldn't resist. Then I would, of course.
3: Awesome. When you are um, doing voice recording, is there anything that you do to sort of prepare? I mean, I assume you're sort of alone in a booth. Um, So, is there anything you do to prepare or to relax? Yes, you know, tell us about only, what, what uh, happens when you're alone talking, you know, just coming up with these characters.
4: <laughs> well, you know what's so cute? I'm usually just in my living room with my script, you know, just working things out. Because the cool thing about VO is on a lot of shows, I play multiple characters. Mm-hmm. So even if I am, you know, one of the leads, I might be playing, uh, you know, maybe four or five incidental characters as well. So the preparation would just to be to make sure there's a lot of voice separation and to make the characters distinct. You know, it's fun. My babies walk around and listen to me and laugh and do voices, too. So hopefully I got some little cash cows in the future to
3: take care of me when I get old. <laughs> yeah, that was, my, that was my next question. You do have young children at home. Do you do the voices for them? Because I feel like a lot of actors, or you might see them on TV and they'll be like, I won't do the voice until I'm getting paid for it or whatever. So I would just, you know, and do they watch the shows? Who are those assholes?
0: <laughs> what
4: the is it? Um, I, I, you know I, i'll do my voice at a drop of a hat you know if i'm in a 7-eleven and i'm you know ordering something and some little kid looks up and points to me i will do a voice Aww. with him you know um nice. but the one one thing i will say that's for me that i don't really dig about animation these days although i do love the accolades don't get me wrong um when I was a kid, you know, with Mel Blanc and all the incredible voiceover actors, I, I didn't know who was doing the voices as a girl. Mm-hmm. For me, Bugs Bunny was really Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And if you said to me, oh, it's that white guy over there, I would be like, what? Wait a minute. You know, you're, you're freaking, you're freaking me out, man. Um, mm-hmm. but now, you know, it's part of the promotion. You have to go see this because Rosie O'Donnell is in it or so and so's mm-hmm. in it. And for me, it takes away some of the magic. I mean, you only get to be a kid for a hot minute. You only get to believe that deeply for just a second of your life. And I don't always want to take it away from them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, want to magic. tell them it's yeah, me. Just... Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, has there ever been a time where you had to call, like, a customer service rep or any weird situation <laughs> where someone just like recognized your voice and freaked out and you're like, What is happening right no.
4: now? No, but you know, Angelo, my man, he always says I put on this like one nine hundred voice when I talk to people <laughs> and and you know, so sometimes I get asked out and he just thinks it's really tacky and I it's it's really unconscious. Um, uh, but he goes, Oh, here you go with that voice. So it's um
1: uh... <laughs> Do you I know the I've voice? Always... Like can you do the voice right now? All right, I'll do the voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> do the voice. I know it
4: sounds like I'm sitting on Benoit balls, and it's, it's not. It's just. It's an embarrassing thing that just happens.
0: <laughs> you can do the clusters well, now.
4: But I mean, I just have to <laughs> say, you're you're just... like it's it done fast. I don't. I don't get put on hold very often. You know.
3: So. <laughs> I just have to say your natural voice is just so soothing. As soon as you came on the call, I've just been joyous right now. So just your natural voice is amazing. And then all the things that you can come up with, it's just awesome. <laughs> it
1: is good. Good voice. I appreciate it. Um, also, um, what do you usually do to channel your childlike charm? Because it's more than just obviously speaking with like a high pitched voice to, like yeah. be a child. So what do you typically do to prep yourself?
4: Here's the rub. I I don't even think I pull it off if you want if I'm going to be just so honest right now. There is a sound. Uh, my oldest daughter brave is 4, my youngest hero is 2, my youngest daughter is 2. And I can make myself sound like them, but the one thing that's missing is innocence. <laughs> and <laughs> you just can't get that shit back. You know what True. I mean? And And innocence has a resonance and a tone that you just can't recapture. So mm-hmm. I just fake it as best as I can. I try to find, you know, what little microscopic part of myself is still wondrous mm-hmm. and try and channel that because... It's really hard. You know, I can, I, I love when I see a cartoon and I know it's voiced by a little kid because it mm. just has that little edge of innocence that, child, I, I'm afraid I'm just never going to get it back. None of us are. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> you know, unfortunately. <laughs> so you just do your best is the answer to that question. <laughs> you do your best.
2: <laughs> I, I want to take it to Twitter. We got a question from Black Nerdity. Okay. Um she asked. Black nerdity, yes. Long time yeah. listener. She says, uh, which voice actors do you want to work with that you haven't yet?
4: Wow, that's a great one. I don't know. Um, wow, who haven't I worked with? I've almost worked with everybody. I mean, I'll tell you the voice actors. I, there's voice acting also is, is a small little community in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And, um, I can't explain how blown away I am by the talent and the generosity of the voiceover community. I don't know if it's because we're not seen, and it is, you know, I guess particularly an anonymous job, that there's a sort of camaraderie that's so authentic and a generosity. I mean, for example, Tara Strong, who I love, I grew up Mm -hmm. with in Toronto. She's been my sister for, we've been sisters since, I mean, we did our first cartoon together was Hello Kitty, I don't even know how old she was. She was just a baby, you know. Anyway, but we've loved each other for so long. And this this lovely chick will say to me, will go to a job and say, you know what? I'm not the voice for this, but you should really call Cree Summer. She's She could nail this. Or I'll say, you know, this princess sounds like she's been smoking mentholated cools and drinking Jack Daniels. You better call (laughs) Tara because I ain't the one, you know. (laughs) Uh, but I'll, do, sure. <laughs> You know, but I will say as far as voiceover people that I love to work with, I, just all of them, you know, Charlie Adler, Tress McNeil, oh god, the list goes on, not just the actors, the, the directors, Andrea Romano, and th- there's just, I don't know, I, you know, Rob Paulson, there's millions, you know, not millions, but you know, I'd say everybody there. I'm hard pressed to find someone in, in, in my field that I wouldn't hang out with on purpose. Everybody's so good. So good. Spoil, I'm spoiled to tell you the truth. <laughs> I could well, yeah. wax on forever. I know it's like, child stop, we get it. You like your job. Good lord.
3: But I, <laughs> I do, I really do. I do. <laughs> I think right. we all wish we had that <laughs> where we wanted to work with everyone in our field.
4: Yes, exactly. <laughs> But isn't it true? I mean I'm sure not everyone at the gap is going there like, oh, here's this fucker again. I gotta <laughs> do it until six o'clock, you know. But I really don't have to I haven't had that, thank God.
2: <laughs> uh we got another question from Twitter. This is from Souls Cooking. Oh my. What was your yeah, favorite part? <laughs> what was your favorite part when you were working on drawing together?
4: Oh God, Foxy love. My mama didn't raise no fool. My daddy didn't raise me at all. I have to say, um, I I love the irreverence of drawn together. You know, nothing was off limits. Uh Matt uh Silverstein and Dave Jesser and, and Jordan are they're just such incredible creators and I was able to just go way beyond where, you know, the limit. I'm a big um Mel Brooks fan, you know. I love Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. And, you know, I love irreverent humor. I'm also a diehard Frank Zappa fan. So there's not much that I'm sensitive or politically correct about. That's not a big hang-up of mine. And so, you know, Foxy was just a hot mess, you know. Chocolate-colored, nymphomaniac, freak, and habit-forming, mystery-solving musician. That's nice. <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> um,
2: I wanted to ask GB, because GB Hajim, he's also a filmmaker, and he directed... Yes, we made a
4: movie together, a uh, sci-fi lesbian musical. You know, yawn, make those all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And we <laughs> I'm kidding. Her, You never make those. <laughs> It's a one of a kind thing. When I got that call, I said, a what? <laughs> a what? <laughs> a lesbian sci-fi musical.
0: I'm in.
2: <laughs> wow. That's, that's a catchy tagline for a movie. That's for sure. It was called Strange Frame, right? Yes.
0: Yes. yes.
3: Tell it, us about it. Was, that. Uh, based
0: on our, um, my co-creators, uh, how fortunate are those who can frame the beauty of the strange? And mm-hmm. it's about, you know, I mean, Finding those unique, weird people that you just create your family around. And, uh, this, that's, this crew of the Lone Mango is this crazy ass group of people that are thrown together by circumstances and they are rescuing, uh, Parker, uh, C. Boyd's lost love, who, uh, Naya, who's played by Tara Strong. And, uh, that's their kind of journey to rescue, uh, their friend from Stardom. I, don't know. I play it's like a
4: lemur. A, I play a lemur mechanic. Flying lemur. It's so big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she does I, the one nine hundred voice uh, when uh, my network confronts I do, her. I do
4: whip it out. I whip out my one nine hundred voice to get us out of trouble. We get it in a tight situation, and she she lays it out. You know. I love that. It's a very beautiful, poetic movie, and the images are really interesting. I mean, visually, it's gorgeous, and it really is a poem. It really and is music, a poem. And the but, music, the you know. music, the there's some
0: really great musicians. Uh, it's a fantastic soundtrack. Nice.
2: Nice. nice. Um, uh-oh, got a bit of an echo there. Uh, this question on Twitter is from That A-Hole. Uh,
4: Charm. (laughs) Hey, Mom, this
2: is that a-hole. We're in love. We're in love. That's all that matters. Uh, He asks, um, does uh, Cree remember her first acting role, and why did she go that route in the first place?
4: Well, both my parents. My mother, uh, we call her Hellcat. Her name is Lily Marie Franks. She is a dancer and an actress, and my father, Don Franks, like I said, is a voice of our man, but he's also a big actor in Canada, as well as my brother, Rainbow Sun, Franks. He's an actor as well. He was on um Stargate Atlantis, and most recently, a TV show called The Listener. For you sci-fi fans out there, my beautiful baby brother, Rainbow. So it's a family business. That's how I got started, and the very first movie I did was a... Film for CBC, Canadian Broadcast Company, called Fields of Endless Days. Uh, I was a little slave child, and I remember the scene. The Massa comes down to our house, and as he's leaving, I chase him up the hill, grab his ankles, and I say, but you is, my peppy, you is. <laughs> so that was a, a lustrous beginning to my career. <laughs> Ain't it glamorous?
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um, you've had, you know, a singing career in addition to your acting and voice acting career. Um, so yeah. when are you going to come out with some new music? Yay. We've been waiting. Well,
4: yay. I'm so glad people even give a damn at this point. I'm working with an incredible <laughs> producer named Chen and Jetty, who's uh, just won some Grammys for Eminem and Pink. And, uh, he's an incredible, uh, producer and, uh, songwriting partner. I love my new music. It's a little different. I'm somebody's mama now. And I don't know. I guess some things are changing a little bit, but there'll always be rock and roll and there'll always be lots of soul. And I'm very excited to get the new music out. I'd say it should be out by the end of the year.
0: We could be here to hear some of it live at (laughs) HawaiiCon.
4: I don't know. you might, yes. <laughs> oh, you know
0: that's gonna happen. You know. I
4: know that's gonna happen. That's another reason to come to Hawaii Con.
2: <laughs> would we expect a live performance by you
4: at Hawaii Con? Oh I you know, I'd be so I, I would it wouldn't be it would not be fair to say yes. We'll see what happens. You catch me in the bar about three AM. I'm sure I'll be singing
3: Who's <laughs> Got Beats, Child? You know. Nice, nice. Um so one question I
2: want to ask, kind of a you know, serious question, but um there's such a lack of representation of black women in the nerd subculture. And I just wanted to know what what are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts about what we're seeing now with new TV shows that are coming out like Sleepy Hollow and seeing black female I know, like we're so
4: in style, isn't it something? We've come in <laughs> back into fashion. Um <laughs> Well, of course it excites me. I mean, nothing makes me happier than turning on the television and seeing a reflection. I mean, for me, it was Troy Bear. I remember when I was a little girl seeing Troy Bear on Dynasty as Diane Carroll's daughter. It was like, whoa, who is that? I, and I remember, and then it was Lisa Bonet and Ray Don Chong for me, you know. And so I, I get very excited when I see us represented powerfully again and in such a large capacity. Um, as far as black girl nerds, you know, I almost feel like it's redundant because black women have always been kind of pariahs and always been up to something that nobody knew about, you know, always been, um, you know, very witchy and, 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 and such survivors and always kind of on the bottom of the totem pole. And, you know, one good thing about that is you really get to, you know, be curious and check out what you like. I I mean, I remember back in the day when I was in. My first rock band in L. A. was a band called Subject to Change, and we were signed on Capitol Records. And um, in the audience were nothing but beautiful black women. And I remember, I remember the CEO of Capitol Records at the time, a beautiful man named Hale Milgram. He said, "I didn't know black girls liked rock and roll." I said, "Well, you know, y'all really don't know much about black girls anyway, so you know, it, it shouldn't shock you." um and i wasn't meaning it as an insult i it, it's just the truth i mean you know the majority of my black female friends all love comic books and rock and roll and sci-fi and you know uh fantasy and magic and you know that's i don't know i think it's inherent to us you know mm. but the one thing i do love about you know, being a part of this podcast and claiming it so proudly is just us getting to, you know, take our place, our rightful place. I love it. It's really a great thing you're providing.
2: Thank you. Thank Thank you very
3: much. (laughs) Cree, do you have a lot of time to watch TV? And if so, what, what are you watching right now?
4: Do I have a lot of time to watch TV? Not really. Um, (laughs) what do i watch i do like scandal and uh you know what? i love game of thrones you know yes. Uh, yes. i have a i have a t-shirt that i got from etsy that says mother of dragons and i it's one of my favorite shirts you know i'm obsessed with game of thrones i was obsessed with game of thrones before the tv show i read the books uh i still haven't read the last book that i stopped uh, the show came out before i got to read the last book um you know what else I like? It's so kooky. I love Vikings. I, I know it gets no more Caucasian than that, but I am obsessed with that damn show. I can't get enough of it. Um,
0: oh, in the last, the last couple episodes. Oh, phenomenal.
4: Yeah, you watch the, it too? Is it that? Oh, a show? they put
0: everything on the line those last couple episodes. They
4: did to try and get into Paris, child. It was a hot mess. I'm Viking crazy. Uh, did
1: what else? Did you catch the Game of Thrones
0: reference there too? <laughs> That's we have right. to, we have to invade because winter's coming.
2: Winter's coming. <laughs> oh, wow. They did that. <laughs> nice. Well, since you're a Game of Thrones fan, because um, I am a fan as well, do you have a favorite character?
4: Well, you know, I just, I, I'm i such, I'm good friends with Jason Momoa, who plays called mm-hmm. Drogo, and he's <laughs> one of my favorites. You know, I thought he just killed it. And, of course, I love, you know, uh, the queen. I love the mother dragons and, uh, Oh, I love Peter Dinklage. I think he's just so freaking amazing. Dinklage. And, uh, I don't know his name, but I love that lead guy that, that, I don't know this little brother's name who's, um, the head of the unsullied. And I think he yeah. just got d- done in. I hope I'm not blowing it for anybody. I think he just got, d- I think he's, it's tits uh, up. It's game uh, over. Kramer, but I, yes. I love him.
3: I love him
4: too. I love him.
3: I love him. I have hope. I have so. hope. Yeah, fingers
4: <laughs> crossed that Dwarf is Let's still spread, alive. He's alive. Don't, don't be, don't be dead. Don't be, don't be
2: dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about that show, though. I mean, seriously, you cannot be get attached. Yeah, no. yes. inevitably, yes. somebody you love is is going to be gone. Yeah, um, watch his life. That's his life, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. Um, so yeah, we got a couple more questions here from Twitter. Someone, someone was asking about your hair routine on on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I saw your feature on Curly Nikki. So um, you know, hey, you're very hair. well known in the natural hair community. So is I there? Know, my hair has you-
4: its own its its own identity all by itself. <laughs> I should just send my hair to Hawaii Con. Um, oh. <laughs> it, no, I wouldn't dare. it's um I do get a lot of comments about my hair. you know, it's gotten really long, and I wear my hair now the way I used to when I was a little girl, and that's in two braids. I find myself wearing uh just Neil braids, Indian braids all the time, and then every now and then, if it's a big deal, I'll let it all hang out. but it's <laughs> quite unruly. it's quite unruly, so I gotta I put it in those two braids. Me, my daughters and I look alike. We all wear two braids.
2: <laughs> and that was shout out to um because I want to mention everybody's handles. Um the hair question was attributed to Zora Neil Twerksum on
4: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's great. Gone. I love it. I love
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> is there a fictional character um that you uh want to do a voice for that you watch it whether it's through Game of Thrones or any other show or books that you've yes. read that you're like I would love to do the voice for that?
4: There is um well, oh god. I as a young girl I became obsessed with Warp Graphics comic book called Elf Quest. I'm still obsessed with ElfQuest. As a matter of fact, at one of the cons I went to, Richard Peeney came up to me. He and his wife, Wendy, created this comic. He came up to me in the liner notes of Street Fairy. I thank them for creating ElfQuest. Does it get more nerdy than that? Um, and one of the, uh, one of the things I love about ElfQuest is there's an interracial love affair between Cutter, who's from the, Elf tribe the wolf pack from the forest and Lita who comes from the sun folk and they're obviously the black folks
0: <laughs> and
4: um, I'm obsessed with Lita she's a healer she's beautiful and I told Richard that's who I wanted to be and he said you're not Lita you're Kavi and I said what now Kavi is this badass bitch from the gobacks which is an elf tribe who live over a frozen mountain And once I got my nose back on my face, I said, "Hell yes, I'd love to do Kavi." So I've now I would I'd be honored to be Kavi in ElfQuest. Honored. So, but you know, honestly, if I could just do anything from ElfQuest, if they just make a feature (laughs) or a TV show, I just want to
1: be (laughs) part of it. Nice.
2: (laughs) Tanya, um Latanya, do you have any other questions?
1: Um, yeah, I have one. Actually I have two. One's kinda weird, so I'll ask the weird one first. But <laughs> oh, being please. that you're but being that you're from Canada, were you into Degrassi? Yeah. Because Degrassi was awesome, just saying. Do you know what's Am crazy?
4: I-, I wasn't I wasn't into Degrassi Degrassi. Really? Uh well, you know what? I left Toronto, I was just turning seventeen. So mm. Degrassi wasn't even. Uh, it was like this. I, I don't know if it had started yet, or was even. Uh, maybe it had just come out, or started after I left. So I missed the Degrassi wave, unfortunately. Oh. I'm still proud of it, but I missed it. <laughs> I wasn't there.
1: I had already. I had already gotten on a plane to come to L.A. And um, being idolized by actors and voice actors alike, what's your personal mantra to keep yourself motivated and inspired? And what advice can you give others?
4: Oh, child, I gotta feed these babies. (laughs)
1: That's
4: (laughs) a very important mantra. Make sure we don't live in our car and, you know, keep our house, child. That's my motivation. (laughs) The bank, no. Um,
3: it's real though. though. That's real.
4: You know, I mean, it's my beautiful job, but it is a job and I have to, and you know, my man and I have a family to take care of. So.
2: How do you b- balance that, the work-life balance, having a career where you're doing so many different things and then taking care of children? How do you manage those two as a Well, wife?
4: I'm very, 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 very lucky. You know, voiceover is definitely the sweetest job in that capacity. You know, you work for maybe you do three shows a day, maybe four shows a day. Each show takes a couple hours, maybe two to three hours. Then you're off to the next and the schedule's ever-changing, so you always get to spend time with your kids. And I also have a really beautiful Belizean woman named Gloria. Shout out to Gia, who helps me with my babies.
2: <laughs> yeah. And on Twitter, this is from a tribe called Red, um, or a tribe called Ridge. Uh, he asks, how did the casting of Freddie Brooks come about?
4: Well, that's uh you know it was just an open call. I had literally just been l a in an in l a for six months, and this is another crazy thing. I remember when I was home in Toronto, different world came out the first season, and I remember sitting there with my best friend Tamara Taylor. I'm gonna give her a love shout. She's on bones and she's yes, such a kick ass yes. yes, that's my <laughs> my girl. We've been best friends since we were twelve and thirteen wow. uh. Inseparable, you know. We call each other colostomy because we are always hanging off each other's hip and full of shit. Um, but <laughs> when. I remember we used to get high in my mama's basement and different world would come on and she would always say, you, you, you're going to be on that show. You're going to be on that show. And we really manifested that. You know, we used to sit and talk about what we were going to do when we came to LA. And one of the things was you're going to be on different world. And mm. the crazy thing is it happened. Wow. So, so all you kids out there getting stoned, your, your dreams are going to come true. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that. I'm Um But what happened with the, Regular open casting and, uh, my manager at the time, beautiful man, Larry Robbins drove me up to NBC to audition and, uh, it was a very long process. I remember, I think we auditioned six or seven times and then I remember going to network and it was, it was myself and another beautiful sister and, uh, Charnell Brown who en- ended up playing Kim Reese. I love you, Charlie. Oh, who ended up playing Kim Reese. And I remember I auditioned with Don Lewis because in the beginning I was her roommate Mm -hmm. and I was going to be in love with Dwayne Wayne. That was my storyline. I was a little hippie girl who was going to be in love with Dwayne Wayne, which is interesting because he became, you know, my first boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very, very cute. Very cute.
2: On Twitter, Imani Williams asked, was there difficulty landing the voiceover part for Penny on Inspector Gadget? Not sure if anyone asked. You had mentioned how you no, got
4: that. I don't think – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, not so much very difficult because I think my father had booked the job. And like I said, I, I really think that was just – being the daughter of the right person at the right time. You know, I look back and I think it sounds so cute, that little chipmunk voice. I was so little. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, there wasn't any difficulty because I wasn't aware of difficulty. You know, that's the cool thing about acting as a kid. You don't realize the magnitude of what you're doing. You know, as an adult, all of a sudden you have things on the line, you have an ego, you know, you want to get things, but as a kid, you're just, you know, happy to be there. Somebody says, I'm going to get to buy my own bike. I'm in, you know.
2: For those that are listening that want to get into the voice animation field, what tips, what suggestions can you give to them how to get started?
4: Hmm. You know, there's a lot of charlatans out there, a lot of voiceover classes that are not real. Well they I mean I mean I guess they're real. You could pay you know, pay for them, but I don't know if they're gonna get you anywhere. But the good news is there are a few that are legit and are taught by real directors and real voiceover working voiceover actors. So if you can find, you know, someone, you know, maybe call an agency and ask which of these are real, you know, and find out, I suggest you go take a class. I also suggest that you listen to yourself read out loud. A lot of things that shock people is the sound of their own voice. You know, sometimes people hear a recording of themselves and they say, Whoa, I sound like that. Yeah. You know, become become very aware of what you sound like. Um and while you're reading these books out loud, give the different characters little nuances and little voices. You know, I, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about voice acting is is the acting part.
0: Mm-hmm. I know so many
4: people that can do you know, I got people coming up to me every day going, listen to my Donald Duck and it's like, oh God, okay. So oh, that's, that's fucking amazing. I think I've, ne- I've never heard anything so good. You know, but anybody can do little voices, but can you act and create a character with these little voices? That's the difference. So you're, you know, I say read out loud, practicing really telling that story and, and, and really get clear about what you sound like and how you can manipulate your voice. That's the best way to go about it. And then find a real legitimate class. That's important.
3: When you're um, doing your work at home or wherever you do it, um, are you very physical when you're acting, Um, doing the voice acting? I don't know if that's part of, you know, making the (laughs) character come to life. So, you know, know, are you just like flailing your arms around? (laughs) Uh, Listen,
4: I'm on some shows that are coming out. I can't tell you, but I promise you they'll be out at the end of the year. They are so good, these new shows coming out. And one of them I was working on a couple of days ago, and there's like five of us in the booth. And we were doing fight scenes, and it is hilarious. All of us just jerking and kicking and jumping around. I mean, it just looks—it it looks insane. I mean, it really looks insane. So yes, it's very physical. And then sometimes I just sit my lazy ass down. So you <laughs> can go two
3: different two different ways. It depends. Depending on, on the I'm mood doing. of the day, sure. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Well, what projects are you, I know you said you can't reveal what they are there's right now. Some but some
4: I can't talk about, but there's, I can tell you what I'm working on right now. Okay. Uh, oh, God, what am I doing? See, now here's the, where that short term comes in. I wish I had it. Um, oh, I do Breadwinners on Nickelodeon, um, H- Henry Hugglemonster, Sheriff Callie's Wild West. I'm on Tom and Jerry, Beware the Batman, uh, Shaolin Chronicles. I do guest voices on, uh, Pen Zero, Young Justice, um, Miles from Tomorrowland, Golan the Insatiable, Avengers Assemble. Oh God, what else?
3: I, 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 can't, I can't,
4: I can't remember what else. I can't remember what else. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: how does your, how does your scheduling work when you're like, you just, how do you piece it all together when you're doing, you're doing so many shows at once? It's got a, you know, I imagine a very me. crazy, yeah, I imagine a crazy
4: Google That's Calendar. Are, you, know, agent, you know, you're you're lucky. You have great agents, and they schedule everything and take great care of you. And I'm very lucky that way. Shout out to Zach at Innovative and Marsha.
3: <laughs> Shout out to Marsha. <laughs> Shout
4: out to Marsha,
2: child. <laughs> well, awesome, um, Latanya. Did you have any final questions before we? Um,
1: if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh Jesus, what
4: would it be? Oh, you know what? It would probably be that I could re- re- just, uh, retain everything that I read. You know? Mm. That if I, yeah, that it, you know, cause, because my friends always say I eat books. Not, now that I got babies, I barely fucking eat books. Now I snack on books. There was a time <laughs> when I used to consume them completely and if i could just retain all those beautiful quotes all those passages all that information i'd love that superpower just mm. to have all mm. that space I'd, be, I'd love to be you know library girl <laughs> 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 you know and then and then the tagline would be that bitch thinks you know everything
2: <laughs> <laughs> well um <laughs> um GB, uh, before we wrap, I just want, um, our listeners to know where can we find more information about HawaiiCon and, um, what current projects are you working on?
0: Um, HawaiiCon, you can go to www.hawaiicon.com or follow us on Facebook at backslash HawaiiCon, also at HawaiiCon on Twitter. Uh, we have a great social media guy who keeps everything up to date. As far as what I'm working on, I'm working on a crazy horror comedy about a giant pig and it's live action, and uh I mean, I, I've been, you know, I never thought I'd own a gun in my life, and I have this huge farm with all these giant wild pigs on it, and so I've gotten used to hunting pigs, crazily, and I am a pescatarian, so you can see that it's like kind of clashes with like, who I am. Uh, so definitely there's a lot of good comedy to come out of that whole thing, and uh, yeah, I uh, I just hope to see some of you guys on the beach at HawaiiCon. You really will yes, have the best time ever.
2: It. Yes, definitely will be making it out there. I, I will work my darndest. It's right after DragonCon, so it's like budget is going to be really tight during that week. but. hmm but yeah, definitely want to make it out to Hawaii. Well, more. then if
4: you don't do it this year, you have to plan for next year. Because I'm telling you, you've been to a lot of cons, I'm sure, but you have never been to this one like this. This one is out of this world. It really is. It's special.
2: Awesome, nice. Well, um, any last words um, just for our listeners um, about just the work that you've done, and any advice for us that are geeks that really want to just be able to show our <laughs> art in different kinds of ways. Um, You've been in this Uh, industry for so long, and you're so successful, Um, so I just want to give some gems of advice for us.
4: Oh, geez, gems. Gems on the spot, my favorite. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) honestly, I think that the best way to be successful at anything is to be yourself. And that's the truth. It just does not work trying to contort or distort or be something that you ain't. You know, Frank Zappa has a great song called You Are What You Is. You Ain't What You're Not. So see what you got. You are what you is. And that's all it is, you know? And there is, um, for me, that's, that's what has gotten me to where I am. And, and just, And, you know, and along with saying be who you are for all my beautiful black nerd girls, you know, (laughs) my goddesses, I say, just let your freak flag fly and be proud to be different. You know, it's so funny to say be proud to be different because the truth is we're all different. We just try so hard to be the same. And um, it's so much better to just let that part of you shine.
2: Awesome. Wow. Thank you. I love hearing Thank things you. like that. <laughs> I really do. Are you, Um, is there any websites or social media accounts that we should just connect to to see what you're up to and um, to be uh, able to follow you?
4: Sure. I, you know, I'm on Twitter. I am Cree Summer, all capital letters. I'm on Instagram, which I am obsessed with. Again, all capital letters, I am Cree Summer. And, uh, there's a website coming soon for music and everything else. It just hasn't been created yet. My beautiful man, Angelo Pullen, will be creating that for me soon. Um, I'm Amish2000 and, and Twitter and Instagram is about all I can manage right now. I'm gonna, actually that's not true. I love Pinterest too. I've become obsessed with Pinterest, I have to say. Um, is it Pinterest or Pinterest? Pinterest. Pinterest. Pinterest, right? Oh, I mm-hmm. got it
2: right. Um,
4: Yeah, so you can find me there, too, and I'm, it's always I Am Cree Summer, always.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Cree, for coming on. This was such a great show. I, I mean, I'm, like, in stitches right now from everything that you've said, and <laughs> <laughs> I I really appreciate you just taking the time to to talk to us and a lot of our listeners are just crazy tweeting and really excited to to have been able to listen to you and thank you for doing the voices because you know, sometimes <laughs> actors just, they're so used to everybody asking, can you do the voice? And, and the fact yeah. that you volunteer to do that. And, and it, it sounds like you're just so passionate and you're really happy to do what you're doing. So, so thank you so much.
4: Well, it's my pleasure. Like I said, it's just a, a delight to be a part of a podcast. I just feel like I'm with my tribe and I'm really happy you guys have created Black Girl Nerds. It's great. It's really great.
2: Thank you. And thank you to thank Latanya you. and Connie for co-hosting. And thank you to GB Hajim for coming oh, on. Us. And looking forward to Hawaii. Mahalo,
0: GB. Oh, Mahalo, ya hoi.
2: What does that mean? Tell us.
0: That means <laughs> thanks, thank you to you. It's just, uh, I speak Hawaiian too. Like when I moved here, I made an effort. So, uh, you know, just keep going.
2: Okay. So say that again so we can say that, um, sign off with that.
0: Uh, mahalo actually would say mahalo ya okog. That's uh, thanks to y'all. Hawaiians <laughs> have a lot of y'all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's right. The people, baby. <laughs>
2: And tune in Sunday, guys. We still will resume with our regularly scheduled podcast on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guest is Christopher Love. He's a sci-fi content creator, and he's got a website called Heroes Like Me. Uh So check that out this Sunday at 7 p.m. And thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Have a beautiful Bye. night, ladies. Bye, everybody.
0: i you guys. <laughs>
1: Finally, I'm finally free Finally, I'm finally me